Hey guys and welcome to this week's episode. So this week I'm joined by a new Instagram friend, Selena Rosso. She is based in Toronto, so she's got up early this morning, um, feeling fresh. Obviously you guys can't see us on camera, but we are so fresh faced and excited to dive into this episode with you guys. Um, and basically I'm not even going to tell you who she is or what she does. I'm just going to like let you take the floor and tell my audience who you are and what you're all about. And guys, I you're gonna love this episode so hey Selena hi thank you for that um, yes I'm Selena Rosso I am a body and self-confidence coach I teach women how to break free from dieting and obsessing about their body image so that they can actually have the freedom to do the things that they want to do in their life it's about self-love journey but not to then love and obsess so deeply about our bodies but to then have the freedom instead to actually care about the important things and have the energy and time for that. Oh, energy and time, my two favorite <laughs> words. I kid yeah. you not, like actual favorite words, energy and time, it's what everything's about. Um, yeah. So just before we were diving into the episode, obviously I we were kind of chatting about, you know, why I've approached you and who you are and what message have you got for the audience. So can you just give the guys a bit of a background on how you became a body and self-confidence coach? Yeah. Um, and take us through that journey. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's funny because all my non-internet friends are all like, "What is this? What? <laughs> how does this happen?" So great question. Um, so originally, uh, I was I went to university to become a child and youth care practitioner. So I did that for quite a few years after I graduated, and I worked in uh, a lot of like schools after after school programs. I worked for. Um, ballet companies, and I worked with youth, uh, troubled and at-risk youth. Uh, and the last job I did was in foster care, which is a beautiful setting. It's so needed, such needed work. However, workers are usually uh, overworked and underpaid. And I felt the burnout very, very intensely after uh, I, I lost a specific case because of you know other reasons in their family. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a new career path temporarily, good joke. Uh, and I went and dove into fitness. And so I worked for a commercial gym as most, most of us start off and <laughs> hated it because yeah. commercial gyms are just a catch all of everything, right? You get the people who really, really are diehard fitness people. And then you get the people that are like, I don't know, this does something from the time being. <laughs> and so um, I did that for a while. Uh, and I was looking for something else. I had friends that had a gym. And so I worked for them for a while, which is where I was introduced to powerlifting and actually knowledge around like macro coaching. I was like, this is it. This is so exciting. And I would say this is when um, behind the scenes, all throughout all of this, I was struggling still at the time with uh, a clinical eating disorder. Uh, I was also struggling with depression and anxiety. And I was like, well, whatever. It's background noise. And I kind of used the fitness to distract me from it and it worked really well until it didn't. Uh, I was powerlifting, I was, I was gonna do my first ever meet, I was so stoked and I injured my back and it was done. It, there was I and being the woman that I am, I was like nah, I'm gonna yeah. train through this injury and oh man did I make everything so much worse. 
it got to the point where I couldn't even walk. I couldn't bike ride. I tried everything. I couldn't do, my body was in complete shutdown. So I was like, fine, I have to shut down. And I was devastated. And then what comes from there? My nutrition went out the window because I had a lot of time to sink, sit and think about my feelings. Um, my, my weight slowly started creeping up. Everything about me was so wrapped up in fitness that the idea of weight gain completely destroyed me. And so I was like, it's okay. I'm going to rebuild this. And I rebuilt my brand around like, yeah, fitness, but fitness at like every size. And like, that's cool. And then I was just covering it up until I finally went to proper eating disorder treatments and then started working with coaches around emotional healing, which really was the root of what was happening to begin with. And that was life-changing. It gave me perspective and allowed me to realize that a lot of my body image and getting thinner and getting more lean was just this coverall of like, hey, you so badly want to be seen. You so badly want to be loved and valued. And you don't know how to do that without it being about your body because it's always been about your body. And so once I figured that out, I uh, went and did an online certification. I started focusing on that work. It was 10 months. I did a lot of practicum hours and really studied under that. And now I do what I do now, which is where I started teaching women how to process and move through binge and emotional eating uh, and build confidence. And that's really where I found my sweet spot, my, my favorite thing, which is that teaching women how to be self-empowered and build confidence. I mean, it's ultimately the goal, right? Like, yeah. why do we manipulate our food? Why do we obsess with exercise? More than anything, we want to feel good in our bodies. We want to feel confident as we are. And I was like, man, if I could just teach women how to do that without having to do a damn thing about how they look, I've hacked the system. And I did that, and it's now what I'm obsessed with. I like everything you just said. There's so much to unpack. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, okay, right, so it's stripping it back. Um, I want to talk just a little bit about that transition from having your back injury and Mm -hmm. then moving to, okay, fitness for all shapes and sizes. Um, I myself have had three back injuries through lifting, one of which I was on such high medication that I passed out at the Christmas dinner table and like landed in my like face in my food a few years back and then spent the rest of the holiday in bed and I still was like determined I will fix myself and get back lifting the thing I am back lifting now for me it's been a case of though um completely changing how I train and learning how to move a lot more functionally um Mm. and a lot more on like core and activation and a lot more science and what is your body doing and like what lifts will work for you around um performing safely and if you're not going to be performing safely or something hurts don't do it um and I remember how difficult that mental challenge was of changing how I seen training and changing how I moved so what was that like do you remember what that was like for you like in summary yeah oh my gosh yeah no it's so hard well because that's exactly what you said it's like you start to modify you start to be like okay well I can make this work and you know I think a great Uh, I talk about, in my work, I talk a lot about um, exercise rules and boundaries and how they're different. And the difference truly is in our response and our reaction. Basically, if you can't do something anymore, let's say like we're talking about like deadlifts, maybe that's your thing. It was my thing for sure. Yeah, my thing. (laughs) Yeah, which is great for the back. Um, I mean, when it's injured. (laughs) Anyways, uh, (laughs) when when I couldn't do that anymore, I felt like everything was gonna fall apart. And I felt so much shame and guilt. That right there tells you I had a very hard and fast rule about what exercise had to look like. 
if it's a boundary, it's flexible. It's, it, you can approach a place and like, huh, that sucks, but I can move on. And yeah. if you're not feeling that way about it, there is more behind what's going on than just your physical body. It's not about the exercise. You are talking about something that's so much deeper than that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I did the same thing. I was like, okay, well now I modify and I do this and I do that. And, um, I ended up, I ended up for a while doing online coaching. I was like, this is going to be how I do it. And I got to tell you, you know, I can't remember how many years ago this is now, maybe, maybe four, four years ago, possibly. I still, my back is still injured. I, I was doing such painful treatments. I was getting all these like injections and I was getting, I've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to fix my back. It has not done it yet. And it wasn't until I started doing things like yoga and Pilates, which what is for some reason when you're in like bodybuilding and powerlifting, we all like to laugh at those sports. We're like, huh, it's a hierarchy. It's not. I've learned by the way. (laughs) so much ego yeah. is involved when you think that that your sport is better than someone else's just saying hey we're all here in the interest of healing so we got to admit when our ego takes place yes but yeah when i let myself actually do slower movements and kind of give in to more feminine ways of of moving my body energetically like softer lighter um slower that's when my body started to heal so i love it i actually love it like i so i work for a company called third space and Mm. they're like a big huge gym chain in the uk and i'm a lead instructor for them so i teach about 22 group exercise classes a week so with Mm. that i don't really get to do my own training when i'm in kind of club but i always try and fit like yoga or pilates Mm. or like a hot yoga oh my god hot yoga is my life (laughs) i just and the difference so i've had i'm only back training weights in the last maybe two weeks Mm. since probably about june last year and that kind of time period off i've literally been doing so much yoga and stretching and activation and just like slower movements that make you feel good and the the crazy thing about it which is kind of hopefully leading on to something for you to talk about next is mm. my body hasn't I've not gained weight I've mm. not my eating is the best it's ever been like I haven't tracked calories I'm completely eating intuitively mindfully mm. I feel great in the I've, I'm in the best health that I've ever been in my entire freaking life now I do a lot of the time be like oh it's to do with you know um, I get up early, I train nice, I do this, I do that. So I know that's very much in a place that you are coaching around now. But for me to get to where I've got, I had to completely forget everything I ever knew mm-hmm. and step back for like seven months. And now I'm like, okay, I'm coming back now. But I'm like coming back into something different. And you've been through that transition and yeah. you're now and exceptional in your field like even hearing you speak like you know your stuff you know what you're doing and how did that transition into take us from you know you've ditched it you forgot about the macros you went through your own self-healing journey and now you're mm-hmm. you know self-belief um body confidence like where's all that come from and what sort of things did you really dive into in yourself to get you there yeah beautiful um you know everyone always asks me like, you know, how long did it take? Like, how long did it take you to do this? Because usually a lot of women will come to me just trying to, trying out this intuitive eating thing. And they're like, I feel like a hot mess. How long did this take? I need to know. And I always tell people it took longer than it needed to. And because for me, I wasn't following anything. I mean, 
God bless. There's just so many resources out there now. And I'm so grateful for that. But when I, I feel like when I was making that transition, everyone was like, just read intuitive eating and then figure it out. It's a book by the way, which yeah, by Evelyn yeah. tribe, very good read. Definitely recommend it. It's a classic. Um, not, not like a story time. It's an educational book. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Not that kind of classic. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I went back and forth a lot. I, I wish I could say that it was this beautiful, clean break of like, today's my last day counting macros. And then I went into this beautiful flow of intuitive eating. But I always tell people, you know, it, it looks so glamorized and so romanticized online. It's not. It's messy. And everyone's like, well, I feel like I have no control over food. I feel like I'm eating everything. Girl, eat everything. Yeah. Because you have put your body under numbers and restriction for so long. Your body is acting, it's, it's in fight or flight right now. When you first break from macros, your body is in fight or flight. Trying to control that and mind, like force it into something that looks like what you think intuitive eating should be is going to cause more restriction. Yeah. I've done it. It's a hot mess. If you let yourself eat, if you trust your body enough to eat and gain weight if it needs to and lose weight if it needs to and, and blow if it needs to, if you fully are in that state of trust, yeah. your body's going to do what it needs to do. So it is messy. You will eat more than you expect. You will get fuller faster. You will lose your hunger cues. It happens to most of us, especially if you've been dieting for like five to 20 to 30 years. Yeah. The longer you've been in that restriction, your body is playing catch up. I think my, my whole thing is like giving yourself some compassion and uh, putting it into perspective is always super important in this journey. You need self-compassion. Your body may change. And this is why I think a, a big part of my journey and a big part of why I struggled and went back and forth so many times was because I was obsessed with trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. And I was so, so terrified of gaining weight. I thought it would be the end of me. Yeah. And um, even back when I was talking about, uh, when I had mentioned that, that yoga, and I called it feminine, and I want to really clarify that because it's actually really relevant here. When I say feminine and masculine, I don't mean like, it's for boys and it's yeah. for girls. I'm talking more about energetically. Energetically, we possess both. We yeah. have a beautiful balance in, in every single gender, has a beautiful balance of masculine and feminine energy. And feminine is kind of like that flow, slow, intuitive energy and masculines that like, go, 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 take, take control, take power, step up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. She, she, she pointed to herself and I would too. And honestly, I'm going to say 90% of the people are too that are yeah. listening. And the reason why is because if you are someone who has aggressively dieted, hello, welcome to the, 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 the club of ladies who try and control our lives. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. Most of us who feel out of control in our lives, we're like, Hey, you know, it's something I can control food, exercise, and I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. And so often I do recommend things like yoga and meditation and like Pilates and slower movements. And the reason why is because we are, we have to get ourselves back into balance. Where do we create room for flow and slow? It yeah. can't be force and go. And that's the thing. It's like control is fake. It's fake. I hate to break it to you. I just crushed so many spirits. But <laughs> yeah, it is though. And it's hard to like coming to that understanding and that, that kind of realization is so a big thing for me was when I, why do you want to compete? Right. And it was, I was very much on the surface level. Oh, I want to compete because I want to prove that I can do it. Oh, but why, but why, mm -hmm. but why? And as I got deeper, it was like, because I want to be in complete control of how my body looks, but why? Mm -hmm. Because I was sick of being the fat kid growing up. Yeah. why because I just wanted someone to see that I wasn't a fat kid and I was actually 
this good body and I wanted people to notice me in this lean healthy way and mm. it got so so messy when I was diving into it and it is it's that like but you you can't control it like and people are so in that like I must control every single aspect of this journey mm. and the reality is your your body is like made up of hormones and chemicals and you cannot control that like yeah you can't yeah. Yeah. anyway yeah interrupted you there but it's so so no. true yeah no such a beautiful point it's like oh yeah if you ever need a journaling prompt just keep asking yourself why yeah I mean even in that story it's like it's just like so clearly this enmeshment of like, and, and definition, like all of this comes down to our interpretation of our beliefs and our identity. And right there, what did we hear? You identified as the fat kid. Hi, also welcome to that club. Cause I definitely did. Right. And as a fat club, it comes with certain characteristics and beliefs, right? We can break down beliefs from there. So identifying as a fat kid, you know, you put on that hat and you're like, okay, what does that mean about me? I guarantee it meant you had to be funny, right? Because you had to have, we're women and we're unattractive. <gasps> Gasp, means we have to be other things to fill the void of value, right? Yes. So we're all funny characters in movies. And it means that you have to work harder for people's attention. It means that you have to do more for other people. You have to people please, because that's how you get people's affection and attention, right? And it also means it's a bad thing. It, it's a bad, it's a bad label. It means you have to break it. It means yeah. you have to prove it with what's, what's good thinness yes. and that's how we end up in that trap it really is yeah. so true so so true and i hope like the people listening are whether you're associating with this or you know seeing yourself in some of this conversation right now it, it can all be worked through and it can all be let go of um and if you are seeing yourself in this right now definitely reach out to myself or selena and definitely you know have start to have that conversation because it's so true about it took me so long to be like i'm not that fat kid anymore and I am a strong, independent woman and I have control of my life and my body doesn't matter. And yeah, yeah it's mad. It is wild, the conversations that we lead ourselves into. Yeah. I, I also think there's like a necessary deconstruction of what that even means. Because here's the thing. It's like, why can't we be a, a powerful CEO kind of boss lady and also be fat? Yeah. Like, why is it a bad thing? I, I always describe, because, um, you know, often when you talk about, like, body acceptance, I, I think an argument that comes into play that doesn't, it comes, I think it comes from the right intention, but it definitely doesn't land the same way, is that we then, like, demonize thinness. And so if you are someone listening who's in a thinner body, it doesn't mean you're wrong or bad and now you're evil. It's, it's neither, like, weight loss and weight gain are not bad or good. They are neutral concepts. They are neutral things that happen to your body, that happen to your body out of a place of survival or out of nutrition and like things change. It's an adaptation. It's not bad or good. And if, as long as we have this story in our heads that we have to fear weight gain, there will always be this internal battle, always. And here's the thing is like, I've done this too, so I don't blame anyone who's done this. But when you get to a place of like, oh, I'm going to accept my body. And, and then as soon as I accept it, I'm going to lose weight again. And yes. <laughs> not real. Sorry. I hate to be that. I'm just breaking all of the bad news. But <laughs> if you are trying to accept your body so that you feel better, so that you stop crying over your body, so that like now I'm in a better state to lose weight, wrong reasons. You are tricking yourself. And I'm sorry, but your body is highly intelligent and it can call BS yeah. and it knows. Body acceptance is not like, I'll accept my body when. 
that is a, that is you playing the when then game about when you deserve to treat your body with love and respect. That's yeah. what's happening. Oh my goodness, it's so true. I have yeah conversations like this all the time. So obviously, I briefly mentioned the nutrition hub, mm. and a huge huge part in that is the amount of people that it's a tough gig for me. I like we spoke a lot about, about the transition. The amount of people that have signed up on the course and they got their week one videos and they get their audios, like I do audios every other day and it's all mm. mindset and nutrition and trying to design what a healthy plate looks like and intuitive eating and mindfulness. Yeah. And I get so many messages of when do I get my macros? When do mm. I get my calories? And I'm like, that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, and it is, so difficult I think when people see especially like you know we've been through that transition when people see you out there as macros as calories as image as these things to then be like actually though this is what matters like I very much take it from a health and a mindset place purely because my thoughts were so so dark when I was in the emotional eating binge eating cycle and the only way for me to break that cycle was I know you coach it slightly different, but for me, it was very much about understanding my thoughts, where those mm-hmm. thoughts came from, working through those thoughts and understanding those barriers, and then trying to help that to other people. But for me, in that time, exercise has and always will be my vice. Now, mm-hmm. for me, during that big period, I went to group exercise classes because it was a safe space, it was a good environment, like it was fun, mm-hmm. it was all of that. I know you've briefly said, as um, which you can talk to listeners about as well, that sometimes you coach people to just not even exercise during that time. Um, And it's, it's an interesting contrast, but it's getting to that point of, you know, how do you, as a person who used to be macros, then not be Mm. macros? And then how do you get, you know, the people that you're working and that are listening to this podcast to be like, do macros actually matter? And, Mm. you know, what, what do they, and what argument do they matter? And should they ever matter? Yeah. Um, so about exercise. Yeah. So I do advise a lot of women to stop exercising. And the reason why is because, um, we, we have, we have the benefit of taking it away, whereas food we can't. And if we can make the healing journey easier on ourselves, I highly recommend it. And if you feel like you have to go to the gym, you have to work out, you have to do this. Well, if, well, if I'm going to eat in, intuitively, then I have to be working out harder to compensate for the weight gain. It's, make it easier for yourself to heal please I had to take personally I took months away from exercise and even when I came back I did not go back to powerlifting I was like let me start incorporating walking and then maybe I'll throw in a yoga class and maybe an at-home thing and I slowly brought it back up because you always as you reintegrate exercise after you do the process of healing which I can talk about but as I really recommend, and it's so important that you're constantly asking yourself your intentions. And as you're stepping back into exercise, it's important to step back in from a place of, you know, why am I doing this exercise right now? What is the purpose? Does this feel good? Am I feeling anxious to do this? Is it feeling like I should be doing it? Is a 10 minute workout not good enough because I'm, I'm putting back in my head a story of what exercise is supposed to look like? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I believe in uh, movement is so important. Like we've been given these bodies. Uh, it is so, so important to get movement in. I highly, highly believe in, in a consistent exercise routine, whatever that looks like for you. And I believe in mixed exercise. Like I love yoga and I like uh, weight training and I like walking. I was going to say running. I definitely don't like running. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the, the point is, is that like I, 
I believe in movement. I think it's essential. But if you are in a bad place with exercise, please take this as your permission slip to take a step away just to rebuild a healthy relationship again. We have that privilege when it comes to exercise. Food is trickier. We have to, it's a little bit more involved. And again, like I said, you do have to like let yourself like eat whatever that you, whatever you want to eat and, and create that trust in your body again. But exercise, it's such a beautiful benefit. You can take space from it. So yeah. good. So good. And then leading into how do you see, obviously like the macros, like, yeah, from that, remember that bit? Yeah. You know, it's so funny because that made me think about when I was making that transition. I'm like, how am I going to tell people that followed me for weight loss that I will not help them with weight loss? And it was terrifying. And it's interesting because even when I was teaching fitness, I was always trying to do it from a very like body accepting type of place. I just never knew how to actually translate that the way I intended. And so I fully did a post in which I talked about, I was like, if you want weight loss support, I'm not your girl. Like, this is not for you. I'm sorry. This is what I'm doing now. And I've made very bold statements about, I think actually specifically on this topic, I made a post once that said, uh, if someone claims to heal your emotional eating with macros, run. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's so true. Like run, run far, far away. If you have my perspective on macros, if you have any sort of issue with body or food, don't do macros, please, for the love of God, don't do it. And I know it is preached to be a lifestyle. It is not. I, I did it too. I (laughs) I said, I'm like, it's a lifestyle. I'm like weighing everything I ever eat, including air. And then I'm also (laughs) eating powdered peanut butter to save fat and pretending that it tastes the same. Guys, powdered peanut butter does not taste the same. so bad. If you think powdered peanut butter tastes the same as real peanut butter, that is already a sign that maybe we need to take a break. Just putting that out there. It is mushy air. Anyways. (laughs) So bad. But I, I, and I know this is going to upset a lot of people. A lot of people who believe in macros or, or think that they found their thing are probably going to take issue with that. And that's okay. Take issue with it. But if you find, if, if, me suggesting that you end macros tomorrow makes you feel something inside your body like, oh God, no way, no way in hell. That right there, let that be your sign. Ignore what I'm saying. Let that be your sign. Your body's literally telling you we're terrified. There's something wrong there. It's so interesting. I literally, I think the day I compete back in May last year, the day after, I haven't tried to macro since. Mm. Because I am an anomaly, if you like. I hate tracking macros and I would do it for a purpose. And I hated every second of it. And I just never could get into a headset where, you know, like I would be having friends with people in the same community and they'd be like, oh, you know, I've been tracking, I've been reversing and I'm only adding this per day. And I'm like, if that, like I am eating all the food, I am eating what I want. Um, I think I, you know, I gained my, so I lost quite a lot of weight obviously to compete and I gained eight kilos back within about five weeks because I was like I'm just eating like I'm getting back on it I was like I can't and I didn't even think about macros or anything and it's very much I know I'm an anomaly there because then I work with clients and clients are like the thought of going out for dinner and not being able to like know the macros and food on the menu stresses them out so much and I think it's such a horrendous place that people have ended up in within this industry of needing to 
needing to know the exact grams of butter mm. in their whatever that's going on a plate in a restaurant like yeah. it's just and I think as you're saying like if that is you that's yeah. time to take a break like yeah. take a step back and you know learn about body acceptance yeah Dude, I did the same thing like if, if so if any of you like I, I used to have panic attacks in restaurants I couldn't do it. It was so hard for me. Or uh, I, I would do that thing where you overestimate, the, you know, they tell you to overestimate the the, gra like the grams of fat or whatever. I would overshoot like crazy in fear that there was more potential secret macros in there than I was aware of. And it does, it does become an obsession. And I, like I, I've even had phases where I'm like, and now I'm good enough to track again. Why the hell is that the goal? Yeah. Like if, if it is not something you intend on doing for the rest of your life, it is a diet and don't let anyone try and convince you that it's not, it's, it's done for marketing schemes. To be fair, like I believed I was someone who was teaching macros cause I also believed like, this is a lifestyle. And so I get it. I get what it's like to truly deeply believe that this has got to be my answer because it, it causes weight loss. So it has to be, it has to be the answer. And I'm telling you intuitively eating, learning how to eat based on what your body actually desires that is sustainable. That is lifelong. And, you know, I, I also hit significant weight loss. Um, I mean, sorry, weight gain rather, um, after doing intuitive eating. And so learning how to prioritize my health for the first time, it was really different. It's so funny that macros and dieting and even like competition prep is like preached to be this like glamorized health process. So. It is like the unhealthiest thing you can <laughs> yes. do in your body. Yeah. Like I think what's interesting is we are also projected that weight loss uh, it helps your body thrive. When we are in a, in a state of weight loss, often our bodies are, are, are severely deprived, yeah. especially depending on how high your deficit is, right? Like our bodies are usually functioning from a place of, you know, like, Hey, this is not the optimal amount of nutrition that we need to, to perform and function and thrive can we maybe increase, which is why you'll notice those, those cravings kick in and your body all of a sudden wants more. It's like, yeah, your body's trying to communicate its need. That's what intuitive eating is. Yeah. Listening to those cues, not avoiding them by, you know, drinking more water. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so painfully true. And it's just years of coaching. Like, it's, I love it when like you see coaches and they're like, things that if I'd known four years ago that I know now. And it's, yeah. for me, I am so in that that wave like if you know if back in 2015 I'd known I was going to be where I am now I'm just like oh my goodness and yeah it's wild it is absolutely wild um anyway your body acceptance course um yes. is that so what's going on with that is it started is it starting like talk to us about the course what are you trying to achieve how are you helping people <laughs> um and yeah tell us a little bit about that yeah. So uh, I run a course called Body Acceptance Blueprint. It is a self-paced course. So it's actually, it's able, you're able to join at any point. However, I do go in, uh, we have a private Facebook group in which I go in once a week and I do a Q&A on, I do like modules one through eight and I help and answer any of your questions. Although it ends up being a catch-all. Basically it's like, yeah. ask me anything. Uh, and I just go off and, and do some um, free coaching for a half an hour. It's super fun. And basically what it is, it's an eight week course that is designed to help you build a strong foundation of body acceptance. So if you are struggling to understand what that even means or what that looks like, this is like 
the summation of everything that I've learned for myself and everything I do with my one-on-one clients. It is a whole well-rounded version of emotional healing, which is what I believe in. So the the course is basically founded on principles of self-trust and what it means to build self-confidence, how to fully feel your emotions so you no longer feel the desire to numb them, how to deconstruct your fears and your beliefs around Uh, your body and weight gain and what that really means about who you are, how to process and deal with judgment from your family and friends or self-judgment. And it's basically this beautiful catch-all foundational course. I also touch on things. There's challenges in there, journal prompts, meditations to really get the most out of your healing journey. And it's designed to be repeatable. So that's the that's the course that I offer. Um, We've seen amazing results in it already. And so if you would like to join, I believe there will be a link. Yeah, we're going to put a link in the footnotes or what do you call it? The show notes. There you go, that footnotes. <laughs> show notes. <laughs> and like there's something at the bottom that the link goes. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about the course um, for you and just for some of the guys listening, I definitely want you to go and grab this and dive in and see what it's all about. Um, it's as I kind of, yeah, I keep saying that I am shifting more that way. And I just think learning from someone like yourself, I might even see if I can jump in the course myself yeah. um, and <laughs> learn all about it. Cause I think your message is beautiful and you yeah, your like your Instagram. We'll put your Instagram, your show notes as well. What is your Instagram again, just for the guys listening? Uh, it's Selena Rosso, C E L I N A R O S S O. Perfect. And um, so we'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. Um, and you guys can check her out and see. Yeah, just your positive vibes and your positive energy and the amazing work that you're doing. Um, is there anything that you want to talk to the guys about that? you've maybe skimmed over or missed or is there something that you are super passionate about that you want to dive into I think the 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 biggest thing that I would just like to get across is that if you are unsatisfied with your relationship with your body if you don't feel good about it this is not like oh well I don't feel bad enough about it I'm not sick enough I don't have an eating disorder or anything that's not what this is about if you have any issue with your relationship with your body that means it's time to do something about it now uh, this is not about you not finding the right food balance. This is about you giving yourself the opportunity and the space to actually be with your emotions, learn how to process them and actually heal so that you don't feel controlled by your relationship with food and your body. So if you take away anything, that's what it is. You can improve your relationship with your body. You can heal. And that's more than anything what I always want to get across. Amazing. And I always do this. I ask that question and then I ask this question. People are like, oh, I've just basically said it. But (laughs) if someone's like, so wherever people are listening to this, if they're listening to it, you know, early morning commute in London on the tube or drive or when we can dinner or in the gym or anything like that, what is the last thing you want to say for them to hear to get on with their day? I would say that you deserve this too. You know, I think we get this message of, you know, when I lose weight, I'll be worthy of this and I'll go after that thing. I'll get that job. I'll invest in that, that person or whatever that I want. I'll deserve all the things in the world when I lose the weight. You deserve it now. You, you get to have that now. And if you don't believe that you deserve it now, that's where we need to improve. Not what you look like. We can't fix this from a weight perspective. We fit this from the fact that you don't believe you deserve it yet. And that's what I want to improve. So if you need any message to carry on through your day, your week, remind yourself that you also deserve this now. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you all in the next episode.